Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Gritty Reboot. Today we are doing something a little bit different than we normally do, and we are going to be doing a direct review of a film that has just been released. Yes. Uh, today, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, today we are going to be discussing Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Yeah, this is a new movie that just came out in theaters. Uh, yeah, and so uh, we've had a, a little bit of a drought about heading to the theater, and we were actually able to make it to the theater to see this film. And, well... We went out of our way to choose this film over Smile, which got better reviews because we're horror fans because we're big Halloween fans. Yeah, yeah, we we are big Halloween fans. We watch uh, Halloween uh, every year and every we have year. and have for a number of years and uh recently uh we've added Halloween 2018 into our Halloween uh yearly viewing list. So we catch that film usually every Halloween as well. We like to do it as a double feature. So, and, and before we continue, spoiler alert for everybody else. Yeah, there. this is the absolute spoiler alert. If you are listening right now and you have not seen Halloween Ends and you'd like to know how everything goes without any spoilers, we're going to discuss every single aspect of the film. So we will not leave a single spoiler for you <laughs> at all. You will be absolutely uh, ruined on this film. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, anybody who wants to watch it for the first time and be surprised, take off now. But uh, we assume since you're still listening, uh, we are going to dive uh, right into uh, the movie. So first of all, as always, uh, this is directed by uh, David Gordon Green and uh, stars, uh, obviously, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. We have uh, Will Patton in this film as well, reprising his role from the previous film. Um, Andy Matichik as uh, Allison. Rowan Campbell is uh, the latest member of the cast. He plays Corey. Uh, we have Kyle Richards as uh, Lindsay. And, of course, uh, James Jade Courtney is playing the shape in this movie. Uh, he'll be actually taking over the role from uh, uh, Nick Castle, who played it in the previous movies. Mm, gotcha. So, what we have here is a movie that didn't necessarily need to really exist. And, uh, and the reason I want to mention that straight off is because as we watch Halloween 2018 every year, it is a, a damn near perfect opportunity to end the franchise. Yeah. It really is. It is, I think, in my opinion, just the perfect spot to really end it. But the movie did very well at the box office. It was a huge hit. Critics absolutely loved it, so we got another movie. So here mm, we are. Unfortunately. Uh, we got a trilogy is what these had to be, even though technically it would be four movies since the first film still is in the canon. Um, this marking the second time that they have tossed out the sequels in the Halloween franchise. They did it for H2O, and they did it for Halloween 2018. So. We were excited walking in the theater, even though the the number one thing that stuck with me as I was going into the theater was the embargo. And we talk about this every now and then. It's always a bad sign. Yeah. If there's a review embargo, and an embargo means you can't talk about it or release your review until a certain point. And the embargo was literally one hour before the first screenings. I think Thursday at like seven o'clock was the first time they were allowing screenings on the East Coast. The embargo was Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Wow. So that let me know already something was up. Because if you feel strongly about your movie, you are going to get reviews out there instantly. Everyone is going to have reviews of your film so they can 
know what a good movie it is and what a great purchase they've made buying that early ticket. When that review doesn't go out there, it's a bad sign. Yeah, usually. Um, Halloween Kills was something similar as well. The other bad sign that this shared also with Halloween Kills is the simple fact that it went to Peacock on the same day as well, just like Halloween Kills did, which to me showed no confidence by Universal. Yeah. Be that as it may, we went into the film and immediately from the opening sequence, we could tell there was some trouble. Yeah. So... Now, be that as it may, I think the opening sequence uh, with uh, Corey as a babysitter is incredibly well done. I like the scene. It's good. It's really well done. Okay, but why are we here? True, true, true. But I, I understand that. But I still don't believe it's a bad sequence in setting up a narrative for this film. It is an odd decision, but I don't think it's a bad scene to start this movie off. I think it, it piqued my interest, and I knew it was something different. But I knew that we were maybe heading down a path that could be ultimately unsatisfying, and that's putting it mildly. Yeah, that's that's exactly the reservations that I had um, when I first saw this opening scenes that, uh, yeah, we were in for it big time. So what, how'd you feel about the sequence, really, like as a, as a played through? Uh, it's, it's a good sequence if it was any other movie. If it didn't have Halloween attached to it, that would be different because it it shows that the it gives you a reason for the season, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows viscerally what happens in an accident to the little boy. Yeah, yeah, and I, there's that was probably one of the few moments of a legitimate audience reaction in the theaters when the boy fell. Yeah, and hit the ground because it's it's really. That part is a great surprise, and you know he hits he the hits ground. Neck first, yeah, with a huge thud, where you instantly know that he's dead. And Corey's looking up from the top floor, just staring down there. You know, his oh, his eyes dumbfounded. wide, dumbfounded. And you know, what did you do to our son? What did you do? And then the music hits. Yeah. And by the way, uh, John Carpenter just absolutely milking David Gordon Green and Danny McBride for. Just all this money every time he does a slight remix to his original score. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let him do it. Yeah, make, make the money, John. Make the money, John. Absolutely. Uh, it's always great to hear that that soundtrack and that score. It, it absolutely is. I still love it to this day. So, so we get into the movie, and I mean, I guess the thing I want to say about it is this is a perplexing film. You know, what have these movies been about? Trauma. Yeah. These they've been about you know trauma. I think the first film very much reflects trauma and how it affects the ones that that we love and the effect that that has on them throughout their entire lives and the baggage they carry. Because to me, that's the heart of the the first 2018 requel. It's Judy Greer and Jamie Lee Curtis's characters. Yeah, their shared trauma. Their complete distrust of of one another. You know, her mother, Jamie Laurie Strode, dealing with the incident of the babysitter murders. And... That paranoia that she passes on to her daughter and her rejection of that, only to have it completely justified by the end of the movie. I, you know, that whole movie's about them coming together, learning to trust, learning, to, learning for her to trust her mother and what she'd always told her. Yeah. And that's the one thing I like about it. And the second film is about the trauma of a small town, or at least it's supposed to be. You know, you sort of have a movie about mass hysteria, even though I, I don't believe it's a particularly great film about mass hysteria. This film is about the trauma of a character we haven't been introduced to. Yeah. And because of that, something strange occurs in this movie is the trauma of Laurie Strode is swept under the rug. 
Yeah. Which is probably one of the strangest things I could think of being done for this sequel series, since it's been about her trauma. Like, she opens the film up by saying, it wasn't time to live in fear anymore. I put that aside. And I was like, you did? I know, right? <laughs> you overcame your... When what we've seen in the past is not exactly that at all. Yeah, it's like over time, you just decided to do your character growth off screen. Thanks a lot, Lori. When that moment occurred, I knew we were in very much big trouble. Because that's just not something you really do at this point of a series, especially three movies that are supposed to be a tight trilogy together. And that's not what this was. We have two films that went back to back and then a third movie that they clearly had to struggle to figure out how the heck they were going to make an ending to this series. And that's certainly what it feels like that they didn't have a great idea on what they want to do for this final film because all those great ideas ended up in Halloween 2018, at least yeah. in my opinion, you know, for that ending sequence. Yeah, he should have burned up in that fire. Yeah, there, there, there was no really way, no other great way to, to, to do it. And I, and I think like as, as much as I, I did like the way the intro was effective yet misguided, when the film begins, actually, and we're talking to Lori and we're sort of updated on what's happened in this four or three year time jump, it's not really that important. You know, we're talking about four years after her daughter dies at the end of the second movie. We're waiting to see what that reaction is going to be from our hero after that. And we, we don't get that moment. No. She doesn't really react to it. Like, yes, it takes a toll on her, but we never see it. We don't know how it really affects it's like her. 10 years have passed. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it barely weighs on her daughter. Exactly. Yeah, which is even more strange, to be, to be honest, since, I mean, she has a much larger role in this one, and, and I, I guess I don't really understand why she does at the end of the day. So, I think another thing that I found incredibly cringy, and that's really the only way to put it, is uh, Laurie Strode's narration. And once again, I want to talk about one positive aspect of the film before I start tearing apart this narration, is... There is nothing wrong with any of the, the performances in this film yeah. or the acting. The performances are good. Yeah. It, it, Jamie Lee is bringing it like she always does. This is the best work of Andy Matichek's career. And I, I was uh, thoroughly impressed by Rowan Campbell, who, while I had issues with the part he was playing, I thought he did a fantastic job of what he was given in all That's honesty. Corey. Yeah, Corey. I, I thought he really tried to bring out what he could from that part. You know, the looks that he gives towards the screen, I, I really think he was that character, did a really nice job even if I have issues with the character in itself. Yeah. So this narration begins. And, and first of all, Lori's narration is constantly trying to find the final line of her book. Even if that's not narratively said, literally every piece of narration almost feels like the final line of the book, right? Mm -hmm. Like how she's wrapping up her entire life story. It made me think of like um, Walk Hard, you know, as the movie starts. One of the guys like, oh, we got to get Dewey Cox on stage. And Tim Meadows comes up, can't do that. Before it performs, Dewey Cox, has, Dewey Cox has to think about his entire life before he gives a stage performance. That's sort of what I thought. Like, before we begin this movie, Lori Strode must think about all her life's thematic instances to get to yeah, the Yeah, because you get those little flashbacks of her past and, you know, everything that you see in the previous movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, th th that was a moment that let me know we, we were in trouble and it let me know that we were going to be facing my nemesis. Lori's is Michael Myers. My nemesis is lazy screenwriting. Yeah. So we were getting narration, which these movies have never had narration in any way, shape, or form. So bad start. Yeah. So we get to that and then we get our general updates on, on what's going on, you know, with our characters. And then um, we have Allison, you know, she just meets Corey, sees him. 
And instantly she falls in love with him. Yeah. Big problem I had with this movie is that that she just falls for him. Yeah. Yeah. If we just had a couple sequences of her sort of getting to know him and being intrigued by him. Like then, it's Romeo and Juliet or something. Yeah, there's very there's a lot of that Romeo yeah. and Juliet vibe throughout this Star-crossed whole movie. Lovers. Star-crossed lovers and things like that, with Laurie trying to separate them. I just none of that element ever worked for me in this plot. To be honest, everything about their love, their love story, was just either rushed or inconsequential. Yeah, I guess is how how I want to feel about it, and it is the entire film. Because, I mean, it really is. So if you're, <laughs> if you're one of the few people who did not actually watch the film when you're just listening to our spoiler cast here of it, yes, this movie features about, what, 10 minutes of Michael Myers screen time? If that. Yeah, if that, if that. So, and listen, we're not going to go through beat for beat recapping the, the story of the movie. We're just sort of talking about the elements that, that we wanted to bring up in this movie. And I, like I said, I, and that's why I'm, I'm going straight to that narration. That lazy screenwriting issue just came back to rear its head, and, and I knew we were in trouble. It made me start to dislike the film already when she just sort of falls for him. Yeah. And the movie... It, like, what person... I mean, sure, what happened to him was an accident. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think you could you could sympathize with that. But, like, what person just goes for that? Like, oh, you killed, you you accidentally killed a boy. Ooh, yeah. sexy. Well, th- that's what I'm saying. I think there there's a darkness between the two of them that I think could lead to an incredible bond. But the movie doesn't show us that work of them forming that bond. No. She just kind of shows it that you know, she, you know, she's kind of sees him and she's immediately just like, oh my God, I, I, I'm intrigued by him. I love this guy. He's so mysterious. Yeah, you know, we, we were laughing at, at Rob Zombie a week ago uh, for that very same element in the monsters. Mm-hmm. Lily just sees Herman and falls in love with him because the story needs it. And this movie does the same exact thing, weirdly enough. Like it just, they have to fall in love so we can get to what is the entire second act of this movie, which is Corey slowly becoming the evil of, of Michael Myers, the evil of Haddonfield and yeah. you know, that's, that's basically what the, the core of this movie is. It's basically, uh, smart slash stupid Friday the 13th part five, right? I mean, that's basically the entire core of this movie. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is in that, in that respect. We talk about this every now and then about misleading advertising. Yeah. Do, do you now, obviously we've seen a lot of ads for this movie. Um, how do you feel about the advertising of this film as opposed to the final product? Well, the advertising is twofold. It's in the title, Halloween Ends. Ends, yes. And the way that they portrayed it, like we were going to actually get a legitimate ending. Um, the 2018 movie that we talk about constantly, because we love it, and it's it, it should have been the final movie in, J- in uh-huh. J- listen to me, Jason's saga. Yeah. <laughs> in Michael Myers' saga. If you had like a horror fan movie patch, I would just rip it off your I shirt know. right now. I'm like, get out of here. Jesus, get my, yeah. my killers. <laughs> your slashers mixed yeah. up, yeah. Y- you you should have, we should have gotten something final. Um, the 2018 version was final for me. Uh, he should have died in the fire. Uh, it was a good way to end the movie. And so I think I would have accepted something different if it was done better, if we didn't have this whole new storyline of this, this Corey character, mm-hmm. 
I think we could have had some finalization to this story, but we have this weird, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. It's why? Yeah. And the, the movie is Halloween ends. You know, this isn't some attempt at a, a, a another reboot or requel or taking it a different direction. You know, a, a movie with this title as a fan, you would certainly expect the core elements to be, Laurie Strode preparing for that final confrontation with Michael Myers. Yeah, she's going to get revenge for her daughter. Yeah. And all the things that Michael Myers has done to her and her family. Yeah, if you believe this movie is a tight trilogy, that is the next logical step in the story, is her basically fighting Michael Myers to get revenge for her daughter, who, who was killed in the end of the last movie. And we don't really get that at all. And I I could have even accepted... Lori Strode and her granddaughter even teaming up somehow yeah. and, and taking him out. But uh-huh. you don't get any of that. No, no, no. You, you, you really don't. And I think I, I definitely could have been, I, I, I could have been down for that idea that you just had, like the two of them sort of teaming up for that instead of what we get as like a, you know, a Romeo and Juliet narrative, which is incredibly perplexing because I think it's not incredibly well done is the problem. The love story is forced. They actually do have a little bit of chemistry, which is they another, do. which is another shame of it. They actually, as I said, the acting is not the problem. They do have the chemistry to make a storyline like this work. But the problem is there's nothing particularly interesting about their courtship at all. No. No. I mean, there, there really isn't, you know, and I think one of the other elements that I'd, I'd like to point out is that we introduce this brand new character for the final installment. When I think if you want to talk about a love story in this movie, it's right there between Will Patton and Jamie Lee Curtis's characters. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And because of that, Will Patton's character, the deputy, is pushed right out of the narrative for the most part. Honestly, if he wasn't even in this movie, it would have been fine because yeah. he was no, no character at all. Yeah. Nothing to him. No, oddly enough, I think he gets one of the nicer scenes where he and Laurie are in the supermarket and they're just kind of talking back and forth. And you can feel that chemistry from them. Like that mutual admiration, how much he truly cares for Lori. You feel in that sequence, and it's not so bad. You yeah. know, she leaves with a smile on her face. It's a little on the nose, but I, I enjoyed that element. I, it was good, at least I thought. And then she leaves the supermarket and is immediately confronted by her past. Yeah. Which I, I thought that was fine. I thought the way it was done was a little bit silly. You know, like this woman's just sort of camping out. And I think of all the things you could blame Laurie Strode for, I don't think you can blame her for the Michael Myers attacks. No. Which seems perplexing to me that she's like, oh, I I have to take my responsibility for whipping the crowd into a fervor. Like, you didn't do jack shit. The crowd did that shit. Right? I, I saw Halloween kills. They're the one that just went absolutely nuts for it. If anything, you know, her and her family were trying to slow things down. You know, none of that was, was her fault. You know, this is all on Michael Myers and the therapist from the first film who these movies have conveniently forgotten about that weakest part of the original of the original requel i suppose from 2018 that is an element that could have been done very well her and the deputy growing closer together and this movie throws it out for a younger storyline you know a younger love storyline which doesn't really work and as i said it's a lot like friday the 13th part five where tommy jarvis slowly becomes jason or is that's what it's leading to this movie does it, and oddly enough, has about the same subtlety as Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah. But it's a movie you really can compare it to because it's a similar idea. You know, you someone who has, you know, seen the darkness is now dealing with it. Like, where there's a scene early on where we have Corey. He has been jumped by high school bullies. Now, why 
Now, why are these high school bullies? Are bullying a 21-year-old. A 21-year-old. He, he could be a little bit older than that. But the, the point they is. They say he's 21 yeah. in the beginning of the movie. So he'd be. We don't have. I, right. He'd be 25 so, or 24. Yeah, There's how, a time jump. How long? Yeah, because he went to prison, I gotcha. suppose. So, yeah, he'd be 24 or 25 getting bullied by the, the 16-year-old. Now, I know. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I know we can get down to the nitty-gritty that maybe he can't punch them for parole or reasons or things like that. But. You know, the idea that he just sort of lets himself get pushed around by these guys when, you know, the only reason it exists is so so he can have more bodies to attack late in the second act, early in the third. Because we don't see a kill until, what, 40 minutes in? Yeah. And that's a little bit before we see, a little bit after we see Michael Myers for the first time. Yeah. Corey is thrown away by these bullies. They beat him up and throw him over a bridge, and he's okay. And Michael Myers finds him and drags him into a sewer for some reason. And when he gets up to leave, Michael Myers chokes him, and he locks eyes with him. And in that moment, the evil is passed. We even have like a shot where you see the reflection so of the mask on his eyes, and that sort of kicks off our our narrative, you know. Because right after that, we immediately get that shot that throw that is a callback to the first film, mm-hmm. where Laurie walks to the window, looks out, and sees Corey standing there the same way she saw Michael all those years ago. Yeah. And at that moment, I was like. That's the story the film was going with. Mm-hmm. Like that was literally the thought in my head. And so here it is <laughs> that you know, we're ultimately reduced to what's going to be the narrative of, of this movie. So I have to ask, how, how did you feel at that moment? Because it's pretty clear, like the parallels they're trying to make. Like, you know, how do you feel when you, you're watching a movie and you see that moment where things are going right off the rails? Yeah. Like I said, I thought that the movie went off the rails pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I noticed the parallel there. They were trying to do, oh, he's become Michael Myers. Yeah. He is him. Yeah. Like I said, th- th- this Halloween feels like a smart movie that forgot to actually be smart. I think like You're that's like, me. yeah, like I feel like they have a lot of nice ideas and like, you know, and that's all they are. Nice ideas. I'd like to turn into a dragon. That's a nice idea. It's not a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we, I, Michael will pass the evil on to someone else and he'll talk about the curse of Haddonfield. Ooh, that's a nice idea. What is it? An STD? Yeah, but yeah, it's not really. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's evil herpes is what's passing back yeah, and forth. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. It's a nice idea. It's a neat idea. But it, this version of it's not really much of a movie. And I, I think that is my my big concern at the end of the day, because I think when we left the theater, you were almost legit furious. Yeah, I was mad. And I didn't like it. And, and the more I've thought about the movie, the more I've grown to dislike what I saw, basically. I, I you know, I, I, like the more I think about it, like, well, that didn't work either and neither did this. And then, like, I, I went back and I, I watched Halloween and, and Halloween Kills again. And... I, I did. I obviously I didn't like Halloween Kills when it came out, but I did love Halloween 2018. And I guess I was just sort of smacked in the face by what a different experience this movie was than those other two. It doesn't different, fit. It different. doesn't fit in with them at all. Big and time. You can just feel that struggle of them trying to figure out what the hell they want to do to close out this movie. Once again, I don't understand what was a good idea about taking a new premise to a movie that's supposed to be a finalization. Supposed to be the end of like a 50-year franchise? Yeah. Like, um, I don't understand. Let's let's throw in this n- whole new concept. I mean, you could have you done something like that in another iteration that yeah. doesn't have Halloween ends in the title. Yeah. You know, you could have even had the Corey character relate to 
to Michael Myers in a way. Yeah. You know, go going back to his past and how he murdered his sister. Like you could go back to that and re- have there be a relation there between the two. But they didn't even do that. No, not, not, not really. He just gets STD, like I said. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they sort of have an odd relationship after that. Like, they work together in tandem without anything being said between them. And listen, I'm, I'm not going to nitpick those elements. And then, like, Jay, it, and then I almost did it again. You, did, well, you want to call him Jason. Oh God. Yeah, will you stop doing it? <laughs> People are going to unsubscribe. Michael Myers <laughs> is such a bitch, too. He's such oh, a yeah. bitch. Oh, yeah. They make Michael Myers a jobber in this movie. Oh, my God. They even kind of make Laurie Strode a jobber in the beginning. Well, yeah, they, they do. So, like, there's this sequence where right before the finale, or, or I guess right before the big kill streak is about to get underway, because before this, Corey, Corey ends up um, killing people in, like, a Wizard of Oz scarecrow mask. Yeah. Which isn't particularly terrifying, but that's neither here nor there. There's a lot of complaints in the movie. I'll let that slide. What I won't let slide is that he goes back in the sewer to beat Michael Myers, beats Michael Myers up and takes yeah. his mask, takes which is his mask. Yeah, yeah, he beats the shit out of the longtime antagonist of the Halloween franchise and takes his signature mask away from him. It's like taking a mask off a luchador. Yeah, it, it's it's such a strange decision at that point, and like we're, we're getting hit in the face by the movie's lack of subtlety. Him walking around as as Michael Myers. There's a oh the parallels. Ooh, look, I t- here's here's a good example of a, of a smart dumb movie. There's a sequence early on where we're getting the Romeo and Juliet shit driven into our fucking skulls. Mm-hmm. Laurie Strode is at the house where the boy from the intro died, and that's where Corey is kind of hanging out as he's breaking down, laying in the dried up blood. Yeah, he's laying in the spot where the boy died. So Laurie comes to meet him because she's been tailing him because. People just bump into each other in this movie for no reason and follow each other without any repercussion. So she's in there and they're talking and this is the standard. I can help you. We can, you know, we, there's ways to work through this. And like the shot is him with like the dark door behind him engulfing him. And when they shoot Lori, her, her coverage is, Darkness on like one side of her shoulder and then a bright overexposed window on the other to mm-hmm. let us know like the duality of the situation here. And I remember smiling. I was like, that's a little on the nose. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I was like, that's a little on the nose, guys. I had already lost interest at this point. Well, you know, I, I'm always trying to look for something to clamp on, which I was because I listen, Dan McBride's a good, a good writer. Very smart guy. Hell of a comedian. David Gordon Green's a fantastic director. But that doesn't necessarily mean they can't all come together and make a bad movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. I mean, Spielberg's great, but 1941 is still a piece of shit. You know, it doesn't matter that it, you can be a great filmmaker. You can still deliver garbage. So I was just drinking everything in in this movie as things are going off the rails and looking at this lack of subtlety and thinking to myself, like, what went wrong in this sequel trilogy? You know, I just... I. I, I Lots, you know, they, lots went wrong. Yeah, they, they needed that money, and they, and they were unable to put it down when it needed to be put down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of it, yeah, you, you've seen this creative decision, which didn't really work. And, and it, listen, as a slasher fan, one of the other things I wanted to bring up were the kills. Like, like what did you think of the kills? I liked the, uh, I actually liked the kill where, of the, um, the DJ? radio DJ. Yeah. yeah, I liked him being smashed in the head that's that's a michael myers move to smash him 
yeah, over and over yeah. repeatedly until his face is like unrecognizable, yeah. and then he cuts off his tongue. Yeah, that that's the most satisfying kill in the movie, yeah. and I want to mention that because this movie has a complete lack of satisfying kills. Yeah, they're kind of boring. Yeah, we have the um, there's an asshole doctor who's fucking his assistant, um, and they ended up getting murdered. The assistant ends up sort of being an antagonist to um, Allison a little bit, so I guess she gets what's uh, coming to her. And it, it, you know, it, it's. And that's the sequence where they reveal that Michael and Corey are working together, I suppose, in tandem. But it's not a great, like, it's not a very suspenseful sequence. Yeah. Is my big issue. It's just not. And I think it's the same thing when the bullies get killed. I don't think it's a predict. It's not a very suspenseful sequence because of how predictable it is. Yeah. I think the only thing that that's not really predictable is the owner of the junkyard getting shot in the head. Yeah. His stepdad. That's, um, and by the way, the stepdad, by the way, one of the few, like, nice, good characters in the movie who doesn't get the screen time and just gets unceremoniously shot in the head. But, I mean, that, I mean, the bullies getting killed, you know, I mean, once again, there's no real tension there. It's okay, I suppose, but none of the kills are particularly innovative or great. One's off screen, a girl gets the her head stomped. The homeless guy gets stabbed. Stabbed in the stomach and then no big bleeds deal. out. Nobody yeah. ever comes to search. Nobody looks over the bridge and sees a dead guy there. Maybe Michael did something with him, but who cares, right? So, you know, we just, we don't get anything from that, you know, it's just one of those other strange sequences, you know, just in this movie, you know, almost, almost killing time. That's a weird vibe this movie has. Like they're just sort of killing time for a movie that's almost two hours. Yeah. You know, I have to agree with you that the, the radio DJ kill is the best in the movie. Yeah. Um, especially with the tongue on the the record. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, that was a nice touch. That's a good horror movie kill. This movie should have been filled with crazy kills. Yeah, yeah, especially since like there's a lot of that in Halloween Kills and a lot of that in the in the original movie. Yeah. You don't have a sequence that matches 2018's Michael getting the mask back on and walking through Haddonfield and just a, a, a rain of destruction, or even like the opening sequence of Halloween Kills where he kills all the firemen. Yeah, you know you don't you don't have a really particularly great scene like that in this movie. And and, and listen, like I could totally be down with a subversive, completely different take on this series. If they did it well and they had the balls to go through with it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there there could have been a lot more things they could have explored as a finality to Michael Myers, but they did none of that. They in fact initiated new things. Yeah. When it didn't need that. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I don't have as much of an issue with new things. My issue is that they don't work. Because here's my issue with the filmmakers here, and my biggest problem with the film. This is it right here. Chicken shit filmmaking. You heard me right. Chicken shit filmmaking. Because you have this new direction, right? Clearly, we're doing something a little different. Yeah. And we do this for what? An hour and 27, hour and 35 minutes, right? Yep. And then in the last 20 minutes, Michael Myers shows back up, takes the mask off the kid, puts it on. We get a Halloween fan service shoehorned down our throat so the fans wouldn't tar and feather David Gordon Green and um, and the writers of this film, basically. And that's what it is. It's, it's a lousy fan service fight sequence between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers so they can technically fill the quota of Halloween ending. It's not a great fight scene. No, We've seen better ones already. No, 
it's not a great it's fight scene. It's okay at best. She gets her ass kicked in the beginning. Yeah, she does. And then, like, you know, once again, Michael Myers is tearing people apart, ripping throats out of everybody. And he's barely, you know, he's having trouble pushing Laurie's throat around. He's been shot and, you know, stabbed. Yeah. And all manner of things happen to him. So he's a tough son of a bitch. Clearly. But he's a bitch in this movie, and he's a bitch with Laurie Strode, and Laurie Strode also acts like a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, she almost, like, <laughs> she does something stupid, like she has to give him one last quip, and this will be your final breath. And he comes back up and almost kills her until her granddaughter comes in to save her, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, Laurie, just fucking stab him in a goddamn eye four or five times and be done with it. Right. So she slits his throat, and that's it. Like, Michael Myers is dead. Oh, no, it's not it. Oh, you're right. It's not. No, you still have an entire town coming together. Coming together. Bringing the town together. <laughs> to uh, to finalize this whole thing with Michael Myers yeah. by putting him through, uh, I guess, like a some sort of crusher. Yeah, like, yeah, basically a big uh, like rock or car crushing machine, basically. Yeah. He gets thrown into that and is absolutely, his body is completely Viscerated. destroyed. Yeah, completely destroyed. Michael Myers is dead. It's gone. It's over. He's, he's yeah. done for. There's they, no the, coming back. The mask that. is off of him, so we know it's him. It's not there. Fans will remember they do a big cheat at the end of H2O. They show Michael Myers getting decapitated by Laurie Strode. And we find out in the next movie that Michael Myers <laughs> crushed someone's throat. Put his mask on that person and then put them in the back of the coroner van. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? Michael went through all these Let's steps. Do it. And listen, that, that's the only movie in the franchise that's worse than this one, the one with Buster Rhymes. So don't you worry, Halloween fans, trick or treat, motherfucker, is still the low point of the series, but it has company. Mm-hmm. It has company in this movie. I just, I, I couldn't be more disappointed with the direction they chose to take this. And the the lack of balls at the end of the day to really follow through with a bold new direction that they chose. I mean, I, I'm, I'm upset in two directions for not giving me what I wanted. And also if you're not going to give me what I wanted not doing something cool and avant-garde enough for me to give a shit about it. Yeah. Because this is just a movie that I, I probably won't watch again, unless I'm just going to do a complete rewatch of the series. I will never watch this piece of shit movie ever again. Yeah. I mean, I'll, there's other movies in the franchise. I, I like, that aren't very good that I will watch over this movie, like Halloween six. I mean, the curse of Michael Myers of Paul Rudd. I'll watch that movie any day, even part five, which I don't really care for. You know, maybe not Halloween resurrection. We saw the, the one with Buster Ryan. We saw that not too long ago. And that one's better left in the late nineties, early O's. Yeah. You know, to know that this is the way this sequel series ended is incredibly disappointing. Okay. We've talked about all this stuff in this movie. Do you have any positive thing that you want to take away with this? Not the acting. Besides the acting and the cool kill with the uh, DJ, let me think about this for a minute because I I just don't, I really hated this movie. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I just don't like this movie. Yeah, it's it's that kind of film. And I understand that this movie is going to have its fans and I've read a few positive reviews already. And I mean, if you were able to, if if all this stuff worked for you, then that's fantastic. That's great. I'm glad you, you got that enjoyment out of it. You know, we weren't able to find that in this movie, and we really, really disliked it. It was a waste of our time, because like we said initially, um, we don't get out very often because we have a five-year-old, and to know that we wasted our night on this fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah, we really did. We really did. When we could have seen Smile. We could have seen Smile. We could have seen Barbarian. 
We could have seen a number of different yeah, things. Well, yeah, we could have we could have done almost anything mm-hmm. else. Other than seeing Amsterdam, I think we'd have been happy with yeah. almost any other film that was playing that anything night. Anything else. Uh, Lyle, Lyle Alligator might have been a more uh, harrowing tale than what this ended up becoming. Yeah, it was just a waste of time. Yeah, it really was. And I, I, mean, I guess that, that that's what it is. Our, our review of the film was quite poor. We don't really give numerical scores out on the show. but But if you were to, what would you give it? Three. Three, yeah. I give it a two. Um, yeah, well, I think it, 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 it's functional on a lot of levels, so I'd, I'd give it a three, and there were some nice performances there. And it does give us a definitive end to the series, which I will say that. Yeah. They do kill Michael Myers, but pretty much everything else to that point's a real mess. And I, I think you could have a lot of fun with, with almost any other slasher that, that, that isn't this movie. You know, there's so many other good films you could watch besides this. So many other Halloween movies you could watch. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole series of movies you could enjoy, you know, beyond this one. I I couldn't be more disappointed. Because one of the things I did want to bring up is, at the end of the day, like, talking about another Halloween film, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is about post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the movie, is Lori and her friend and uh, Brad Dorff as the sheriff moving on from the events of the first movie. And trying to deal with that. And the movie takes a shit on, or I should say, the way they portray the Loomis character, uh, who's uh, portrayed by um, Malcolm McDowell in that film. The way the Loomis character is portrayed sort of takes a shit on the way this movie would portray post-traumatic stress. And I think that's very interesting that Rob Zombie did something that was more progressive and far more intriguing than what these guys have done with all this budget. And the amount of acclaim that they get. And yes, that's right. I'm, I'm recommending Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's film, over this film by a wide margin. That's a far more interesting film. And it's different, but Rob Zombie went different the whole way. He didn't back out the last second and give us a Halloween narrative. Like, yes, Michael Myers does show up and kill people, but it doesn't just shoehorn itself into that. Mm-hmm. The whole movie's been leading to him coming back. And, and like at the end of that movie, Lori loses her mind and becomes a killer. It does what this movie wanted to do better. And that's so weird for me to say that I miss Rob Zombie in this franchise. Yeah. But here we are. So. You're so, you're so upset and animated that you made your waterfall. That's right. I, I dropped my water bottle and destroyed this whole thing. <laughs> that's how angry I am about the way this movie turned out. Well, you have every right to be angry. So, um, final thoughts? Don't waste your money. Yeah, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time. Um, check anything else out. Um, it's available on Peacock anyways. Go see it for free. Yeah, yeah. It's available on Peacock. I know a lot of people don't own Peacock because it sucks. But uh, Peacock has some fantastic horror selections for the month, and they're offering $20 for the whole year right now. I know we just sounded like a Peacock ad, but that's really for the horror fans out there. There's some really cool stuff on there that I recommend checking out uh, beyond Halloween ends, obviously. Uh, but yeah, please, 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks for a ticket at this point. So <laughs> save yourself the cash, guys. Uh, enjoy yourself any other way but this film. Um, so if you really like this movie and you think we suck, please uh, let us know that. Yeah. And let us know why you would really like this movie. Email us at grittyrebootcast at gmail.com or get in touch with us at grittyreboot at pretty much any social media platform. Instagram and TikTok are the, the, the best ones for that. Yeah. And uh, let us know what you really felt about the movie. And don't go. Don't worry. I know we usually do reboots every week, and we didn't do that this week. We just had to talk about Halloween. Yeah, because it was so bad. Uh, we'll be getting back to our regular format uh, next week. We're uh, doing Halloween, right? No, we're going to be doing a wreck this week. Oh. Ha- yeah, we're going to be doing uh, H2O and Halloween 2018 uh, probably at the, end of the, at the end of the month. Okay. 
So yeah, no, no, this for, for next week, we're going to be getting uh wreck and quarantine. Those two movies nice. compared. Um, um, one of my favorite found footage films compared to an American film that I think is fine. I, I don't know. We, we just watched wreck. We haven't seen quarantine. We haven't seen quarantine in a number of years. So. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I'm curious how it holds up. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a lot like uh, the omen from earlier in the year, two incredibly similar films that we're going to have a hard time discussing, like what the differences are and things like that. So. But, we'll see. Yeah, but either way, we'll be getting back to business uh, next week. So uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys. And enjoy your spooky season, guys. And don't do it by watching Halloween Ends. Have a good one. Bye, guys.